BDFM. Look at me playing it. <laughs> this is BDFM. I'm D. I am B. This is a podcast about mostly deep shit. Yeah, what? What? Mostly. This is a podcast mostly about. It's mostly about. It's mostly TV, but also everything that's philosophy, TV. religion. We're talking about deep shit, like what radial tires you should get before winter hits, mm-hmm. and how certain crackers are made. Mm-hmm. Physics, uh, Physics, gender and sexuality. How things fall. How gravity works. How We're to definitely gonna poach an egg. We're gonna uh, crack the theory of everything in about an hour. Using TV, it's been. I think it's been a weird introspective time because well, well, there's a lot of shit going on. We're a week. We're two days away from the, this fucking election. Finally, I'm <sighs> sure when this comes out, you mm-hmm. all know all the horrors that happened on election day. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, November eighth will not live in infamy. We what else? I my car died, so I uh, my lovely elderly parents had a car they never used, so. They said, if you fly to Chicago, you can drive it back to L.A. And I was like, well, I need a fucking car. So, okay. And uh, that was horrific. Mm -hmm. 30 hours of driving in three days. Um, So we can talk about that and all the um, the deep intellectual thoughts I had on the freeway, which are mostly like, I wonder what's in that truck. (laughs) Do you think there's anywhere in Denver I can get laid (laughs) (laughs) at 7 p.m. and be be back on the road by 9? (laughs) You know, deep thoughts went through my head. Um, You know, and what's going on with you? The kids went back to school? Yeah, well, there's, it's, uh, we're in the heart of school time. It's been Halloween time. It's now harvest time. It's kind of like, you know, it's the time of year you, you have to turn on the the lights for seasonal depression i have them a lot of people have led light light strings now that you can change Mm -hmm. the color of so yeah i recommend a nice autumn uh (laughs) a nice okra a nice uh burnt umber yeah we should change yours from the red light district red (laughs) to sort of a burnt sienna okay yeah so let's um Let's so, watch some funny TV and then talk deep thoughts about it. Yeah, usually, sometimes we choose episodes of TV based on things we've been thinking about throughout the week. But sometimes we just choose old episodes we want to see again, and we just cross our fingers and hope we're going <laughs> to think of something to talk about. But usually we want to see it because it will remind us of something that's been going on. It's an improv open this is an improv show. The way they <laughs> open is we watch two episodes of, of sitcoms. And uh, we might repeat a show we've seen before. Um, we might hit something new. We're, you know, we plan in the next, over the next hundreds of years to try to hit every, uh, every episode <laughs> of every sitcom. Yes. It's even a- those that haven't even been born yet. Okay. So I want to do something road trip related. I want to do something that, that feels like the, like the hell of <laughs> I want to pick something that feels as interminably hellish as driving for the greater part of three straight days and you know honorable mention it's always sunny the road trip episode um the gang hits the road they don't they get nowhere fast because they keep fucking everything up 
honorable mention to the Simpsons, uh, the uh, road trip one where Bart and Nelson and Martin and Milhouse drive to Tennessee. Hoping to see the World's Fair. The Wadfer. Okay, but <laughs> but what then I thought like the the episode that seems most like the interminable hell of just driving and staring straight ahead into the abyss with no end in sight is a Futurama episode. And we have done mm-hmm. Futurama once, but um, we're going to do a lot more because <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot of great episodes. Um, and this one just seems to fit. This is the one that just seems most like what my experience was this week. My episode is Futurama season four, episode eight. It's called Godfellas, where Bender accidentally gets shot into space and is just kind of drifting alone by himself for a long time. Maybe forever. I'm not going to give away the ending. It's great, and I can't wait to watch it. And so we're going to go watch that right now, and you can watch along with us on the Patreon or on garage.tv. That's G-R-A-G-E dot TV. We have a a video series on there, and if you uh, either subscribe to the Patreon or subscribe to Garage TV, you can watch these along with us. You can also just go watch uh, Futurama on your own during the break, or you can just not watch it and wistfully remember seeing it. But uh, we're going to go watch it right now, and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I will uh, summarize Futurama, S4E8, Godfellas. All right, see you then. After the break. And now for a word from our sponsor. We are sponsored this week by a new movie called Going to the Angel's House. For forever's and it's a very angel's house. This movie sucks. <laughs> and we're back. This is my this is the tone of voice I use now. Um, for the second act of our podcast, I always use this register. We're trying to <laughs> go up sexy, and down in opposite directions. This is the eventually. sexy half um, act of the podcast, where I go low and you go high. Definitely very sexy. Okay, we just watched Futurama, season, season four, four eight. eight. Uh, it's called Godfellas. Mm-hmm. It was uh, from two thousand two. I'm gonna give a short um, summary of it if you didn't just go watch it um feel free to pause and go watch it um but you will not even need to because i'm going to recap it so fucking good right now Uh, (laughs) (laughs) this one uh it starts out with fry and leela and bender just flying through space ho humming leela's literally humming a little tune and then suddenly they start getting pelted with uh, cannonballs and she goes space pirates and fry's like space pirates and she's like you know pirates but in space by the way this podcast is brought to you by space captain pinball my app on ios and google play you know like pinball but in space yes that was my original tagline that i made up um yeah i gave myself away i i didn't you know when i made the tagline you know pinball but in space i wasn't literally making a reference to futurama but it was so embedded in my brain that it just like came out that way yes and then i watched this episode again and i was like oh <laughs> i fucking 
mentally stole that. These things um, happen, especially with Matt Groening creations. Yeah, for it real. Happens to me with life in hell all the time. Okay, they get attacked by space pirates. They start shooting back. Tragically, uh, Bender's trying to take a nap, and there's too much noise, and he fatefully climbs into the um, torpedo tube to get away from all the ruckus. Mm -hmm. And then Fry launches the torpedo, and it shoots out, killing the space pirates, blowing up their ship. Mm -hmm. But in effect, Bender is now just flying through mm -hmm. space alone with a bag of stuff that he grabbed on his <laughs> way out through the through the pirate ship. And now he's just floating by himself. And Leela's like, oh, no, we can't catch him. Mm -hmm. He's going faster than our top speed. Yeah, they were at top speed when they fired him. And so, so he's going faster he's going than top faster. speed. Uh, there's some problems with that. Like, for, it's, it's space. So spaceships have, like, a top acceleration. I don't know if you have top speed so much. I guess there would be a point where a spaceship is so close to the speed of light that it can't get any closer. Um, but they're sure. not <laughs> going the speed of light. or They're completely ignoring warp speed, basically. Yeah. But it's fine. The, the concept is Bender is flying alone and they can't catch him. And he's mm -hmm. just in the void of space. And he is, they're not even near home. He doesn't even know where he is. He's just gone and yeah. nobody can catch him. So they go home, and they're bummed, and, and then we see Bender sort of um, panicking, and he's looking through the swag, and he's trying to slow himself down by throwing a lot of it away. Um, there's a great bit where he ha he happens to find the candelabra in the swag, and then he just happens to have a piano inside his own compartment. <laughs> so he plays piano for a while, but then he gets so frustrated, he just smashes the <laughs> piano to pieces with the candelabra. Anyway... Then he goes through a sort of a um, asteroid field, uh, a very tiny one, and um, one of the asteroids uh, it kind of embeds in, in him or sticks to him. Yep. Um, he gets bashed in. He gets mm -hmm. bashed with like a soft, earthy asteroid, mm -hmm. and there's little tiny um, alien beings, little people on it, simple farm folk, mm -hmm. and they uh, they take him to be God. They... They start worshiping mm -hmm. the metal lord, and he's like, cool, this will make my endless tragic journey go faster. So he makes friends with the Shrimpkins, they call themselves. Mm -hmm. He asks them to make him some beer so he can continue to fuel up his fuel cells, but things start to go wrong after they build the distillery so he can have some beer. There's pollution, <laughs> there's like a bunch of work case accidents. Everybody's yeah. maimed. There's uh, a violent crime is on the rise, all because mm -hmm. of this distillery they built for, for him. Let's see. Meanwhile, Fry's on Earth, trying to find any way he can. They, they do a lot of fun uh, religion burns. Um, you know, he he asks mm -hmm. a lot of different religious figures what he can do, and one of them's like, "You can pray," and he's like, "Is there anything I could do that would do anything?" And the guy's like. No. <laughs> and the guy like is literally a stand-in for the amalgamation of all religions. Um, it's like Changstein Al-Gamal or something like that. Yeah. They have, there's like a, a, a Jewish, Asian, uh, European, and may, maybe African just sort <laughs> of amalgamation of mm -hmm. um, names and uh, religions that he goes to. 
And then he goes to the fortune teller from Big out on the pier, <laughs> and she tells him to, tells uh, Fry to go uh, check out these monks. Uh, it, it's like Tibetan monks that live in the mountains. Of the, they live in the Himalayas, and they have a giant space telescope. And their mission is to try to find God, even if it takes 10,000 years. And mm -hmm. they said, we've only looked... At we, one, one ten millionth, one ten millionth of, of the, the sky, skies. or something like that, and they're <laughs> just slowly trying to f look at all of it, and it's going to take generations, and they're devoting their entire life to this. So Fry's like, "Oh, well, you have forever looked look for God. Can't you just give me one mm -hmm. measly lifetime to look for my friend?" So they go up there, and they Fry and Leela basically uh, threaten these monks and lock them in a closet because they're done. They're nonviolent monks. Mm -hmm. And then they start looking for Bender and the giant space telescope. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. everything starts going to hell for Bender out in space because all the people, oh, they, the population has grown so so big, it's, some of it's on his backside, so he can't mm -hmm. see or talk to them. And, they and they're, they're dissenters. They're, they're, they're disbelievers. They're, di they're atheists. Sort of, yeah, they've sort of like left and gone. To and, but they back. don't. But somehow, for some reason, they hate the uh, theists mm -hmm. on the front. They don't. Which really is kind say of amazing why. because it's like, you know, it doesn't quite work as a metaphor, but it's almost like they don't have proof. Usually, of God the they're not usually on the, front. the th it's the theists that are attacking yeah. the, the atheists, not the other way around. So they're starting a nuclear war, and there's bombs going off all over him, and the people and both the front both sides just nuke the hell out of each mm -hmm. other. So there's yeah, there's mushroom clouds all over Bender's little body out in space. And they all die. Every single Shrimpkin dies. And, and he's genuinely sad about it because he did have compassion for them. Yeah. He was trying to help them. He, he was just found trying that Every help. time he tried to help, he would cause problems. And he actually eventually tells them, it's best for you to, to deal with your problems on your own because I every time I try to intervene, I, I make things worse. Which doesn't help either. <laughs> he tries to help and it gets worse. And then he tries to stop helping and it still gets worse. Anyway, he eventually just floats... And, and finds this galaxy that he says is uh, signing in a binary language. Mm -hmm. And um, he starts talking to it in English and it talks back. And he's like, are you God? And it's like, I don't know, maybe, my good chum. It's just like <laughs> this almost this like friendly AI computer out in space. Mm -hmm. um, and he's not sure if he's God and Bender's not sure if they're God. And they kind of just talk about being God and the computer just tells him sometimes well it tells him that you can't do too much or too little if you, you know you've done the right thing if they don't know you've done anything at all or something like that right so it's this theory of a a God that that doesn't that's not a, um, a non-interventionist yeah not a type a God more of a laid-back and so anyway Bender says can you send me to earth and the computer's like do you know where it is and he's like nope so it all seems lost until Fry is at the the telescope of Deshuba and he loses all hope and he hits the, the spinny thing that spins the telescope around and he's like, I just want my friend back and he gives mm -hmm. up and he walks yeah. away. He uh, inadvertently sending out a prayer. Yeah. He doesn't mean to, but he, but he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's like... In desperation, he just says what he wants well, most, which is just... He, he sends one 
Hail Mary prayer. And he and happens to send it. It's almost like a slot Through machine. a radio transmission machine directly at this sort of it's godlike like he hits, figure. It's like he hits the mm-hmm. grand slot machine yeah, yeah, yeah. prize because it's like a one in a billion shot and he just nails it. Obviously, you know, this was written. <laughs> um, that's why he did it. But um, he sends this one prayer out and the God computer galaxy thing hears it and goes, oh, that's where Earth is, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he just grabs Bender like a slingshot and just flings him back towards Earth. And as Leela and Fry walk away thinking they'll never see Bender again, he just falls out of the sky, <laughs> red hot from entering the atmosphere and with a uh, a parachute on that God gave him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lands and, he sa- and Leela says, this is the most... This is the least likely thing that's ever happened. And yes, writers of the show, that's the least likely thing that's ever happened. Um, but it's good. I, I, I thought it was a really good episode. It's funny. You barely see anybody else except the three mains in this one. Fry and Leland Yeah, they just come in very briefly. You see Amy and... Uh... Zoidberg and Professor pop in for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was that. And before we really get into um, that episode, let's watch more TV. Okay, and we're about to watch The Office. This is season three, episode 13, and the episode is called Traveling Salesman. Great. Traveling Salesman, and this is the extended cut from the Superfan episodes, which are available on Peacock. What makes it an extended cut is that all the deleted scenes have been re-leaded. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unleaded. Um, a lot. There's probably a lot of improvised uh, jokes that didn't make the final cut mm-hmm. didn't make the tv cut because they're a little too weird but they're probably really funny definitely great this is on peacock and uh we are going to go watch it right now now you can either you have two choices you can either pause and go watch it by yourself and come back or you can go to our patreon and watch with us and hit play at the same time as us and uh you know you, you can have two different devices one with our commentary and the other with the thing playing, you know, if you want. If that's the something third that choice, fun to you. The third choice out of two <laughs> is just keep listening to the podcast and don't do anything. And then remember and reminisce about how mm-hmm. you saw this years ago. Mm-hmm. And your fourth choice out of two is uh, just keep listening and don't give a shit. And you don't even remember it, but it doesn't matter anyway. We'll tell you what it was about. Yeah, we are going to recap it. Those are your four fear and surprise, surprise and fear. Those are the weapons of the Spanish Inquisition. Okay. We're going to go watch The Office S3E13 and record it on the Patreon. But we'll be right back with a summary of it. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Space Captain Pinball. Space Captain Pinball, you know pinball but in space space captain pinball is a a free game that you can download on any ios device or uh android type thing off the google play store or the ios store oh i got spaghettified you're spaghetti no you're spaghetti it's actually an app i i made and you can play it for free and if you like it you can um turn off ads or something that's Space Captain Pinball. You can't turn off this ad, though, because it's on. 
It's burned into the pod. I mean, you can turn it off. I mean, it's burned into the podcast, so you could just stop. You might have even skipped it. Already done. You might have already hit stop. You might not even exist because (laughs) you hit stop and you're not even there anymore. And who am I even talking to? Right. No one who will ever hear this. Oh, my goodness. It's a vacuum. It's like the vacuum of space. Listen up, you people that don't exist. Join a lot of other people that don't exist and play Space Captain Pinball on iOS or Android. And we're back. This is BDFM. We're, we just watched The Office. We did. The episode Traveling Salesman. Okay. And it's the extended cut. Men or man? Salesmen. Okay. The, so they're all, not all gendered men, but they're all salespeople going out and traveling. Yes. Yeah. One of the salesmen is Phyllis. Yeah. Uh, one of the salesmen is Karen. Uh, this is season right. three. Take episode, us through it. <laughs> this is season three, episode 13. Uh, and in this episode, uh, Angela, it starts with Angela making a mistake by not having sent some tax forms to the corporate office. And Dwight, when he learns of this, drives them to oh. New York for her. Um that's the thing I was too high to, to connect. That, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was Angela's mistake that got Dwight fired. Spoilers for three seconds from now. Yes. Dwight gets fired. Yes. Dwight uh, is sort of forced to or resign leaves. because or he, um, Michael suspects him of uh, staging another coup, as he did in the episode, The Coup. In season two. Oh, so he's when, in the doghouse yes, at the beginning of this episode. Because the because the tension between Dwight and Michael is always Dwight is a dogged and loyal Dwight servant. <laughs> is there Dwight a celebrity the problem with Dwightel is that um no matter how loyal Dwight is to Michael, at a moment's notice he will be like, You mismanaged the company, you're terrible. Like it, like he kind he, he knows basically that Michael it doesn't know all. Yeah. Um, he never fools he himself into thinking that Michael is smarter than him because he really believes he's he should be the leader. Well, it, this episode is very much about Machiavellian sort of war tactics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very much everybody's sort of plotting and right, exactly making little treaties behind everybody's back. And yeah, throughout the episode, Andy is trying to get uh, Michael to turn against Dwight, um, and when Andy finds out that Dwight. When Andy realizes that uh, Dwight drove to New York, um, probably to the corporate office, um, and it's confirmed with their boss, uh, Michael is disturbed enough by this that he, he demands to know what Dwight did, and Dwight will not throw Angela under the bus, so he, he decides to resign. Secrecy, he's so afraid he that if he say. says... First of all, he doesn't want to say that Angela made a mistake because he's worried for her job, but also he's worried that if he says, I did this for Angela, everyone will know that they're that they've secretly been sleeping together for like a year or something. Yeah. But he, he's also, he loves her. So yeah. And Dwight definitely lives by a code. He's, he's probably not my favorite character in terms of what he does, but just (laughs) one of the best sitcom characters just because of how rigid his sort of, uh, persona has been (laughs) etched. Definitely. Anyway. So meanwhile, while this is happening, the salesmen are going out on, these sort of uh, double team sales calls. Yeah, because um, Andy Andy basically says let's do t- like a contest, a, a doubles contest. Yeah, he's just trying to trick 
He's just trying to like do manipulate. anything he can do to get Michael alone with him because he immediately chooses Michael to be his partner. And so he could talk shit on Dwight. Yeah. Um, and we see that. Uh, so it's an amazing race thing. They even say that. It's like yeah. the premise is they're going to amazing race their job today. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, interestingly, we see in um, we see in later episodes that Andy can be a very good salesman um, when they sort of retool his character a little bit. Uh, there's an episode where he goes out on a sales call with Will Ferrell, who is the manager who takes over from Steve oh, Carell's yeah. Michael Scott. Um, and uh, and Will Ferrell's character is such a such a bad salesman that Andy has to go back in afterwards and say like I'm really sorry about that you know I just think he's a really bad salesman but if, if you go with us I will be the one to take your call and I just want you to know like and, and he, yeah. he ends up getting the sale um, but in I this mean, episode Dwight, he Dwight and Jim are generally uh, portrayed as being fairly competent salespeople I think definitely yes this is true. maybe not everyone else yeah so in this episode Andy is a terrible salesperson next to Michael. <laughs> he's 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 fucking up uh, Michael's Michael sales. Michael has a really smooth sales pitch he's doing to this guy, and Andy's really, really like. Oh yeah, calling they kind of out everything he's like, doing, and it's terrible. Like Michael's doing the right. He, Michael's making the right moves. Yes, and Even we see that Michael's a good salesman and a bad manager, basically. Is he? Is I, it, I, yeah. I thought Michael was never really that good a salesman, but um. They kind of show that he sort of, you know. They definitely show him as being the competent one in this. Right. And Andy fucking it up. Yeah. And um, every other sales team has their own little adventure. Um, why does um, Why does Stanley fuck over? Oh, when they're in the, when they're so in the car, <laughs> when they're in the car, Ryan says, "Do you mind if I?" He says, "Like, do you mind if I?" Oh, um, he's being if a little I, haughty and overconfident yeah well well i think he, he doesn't he even just says do you mind if i do the main part of this or do you mind if i take control of this one or something he says it it, it says it in a nice way and stanley just goes nothing would delight me more so it's really just stanley playing a prank on him and not telling him like um and now it reads a little differently now too it's like ryan is just intimidated because there are these four strong tall black men who are these who are the the head of this yeah, company I guess or whatever. And, and Ryan's that they expected to meet a bunch of white guys. Or, 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 he, and Ryan's confronted with like, uh-oh, I made a racist assumption. Uh-oh, I'm the only white person here. Uh-oh, Stanley's not going to help me. And so gonna... he's immediately like, what if there's some kind of like... Also, uh, he looked like w- a real dick just talking for the senior Absolutely. Uh, black co-worker. Yeah, like he, him insisting to take the lead on it. Um, but then Stanley turns that around on him and is basically like, I'm just going to be doing my crossword and he's going to pitch to you. Um, so cruel. He, yeah, it, it's well pretty earned. mean. Um, so, yeah, so the episode uh, includes um, Phyllis spilling the beans to Karen that Jim used to have a crush on Pam. Duh, Karen. Karen. didn't know this. <laughs> well, how did you do your job for the past six months without your eyes open? <laughs> Uh, how long has she been there? 
So she just transferred yeah. and Andy just transferred their, their new yeah. this season. Yeah. And they transferred back with Jim who had been working at. Oh, yeah. At Scram- he left. Stram. Scramford. Scramwell. <laughs> Stamford. Stamford. Um, yes. At the end of season Stan two, son. Jim tells Pam he's in love with Stanford her. Stanford, Stanford and, and Sons. Stanford and Son University. Sorry. Uh, Jim confesses his love to Pam in the season two finale. And then they kiss. And then the season three finale. Oh, while he's dating Karen? No. Oh. We see before? that before. Well, she's still engaged to Roy. He finally is just like, oh. wait a minute, what am I doing? I have to tell her I'm in love with her. And then she's like, well, I can't do that. And and he's, she's like, I, I think you misinterpreted things. And he gets upset. But then later she goes to make a phone call and he just walks in and kisses her. And then they make out a little, and then you're like, "What? What's gonna happen? They're gonna mm-hmm. get together." And then you wait a whole summer. You just bangs her <laughs> against the wall. And then you go, "Yeah, ba- yeah, that's office. what you're imagining is happening, right?" You're like, "Yes." And then uh, season three opener, you find out Jim has transferred away. Um, With his little sad boy wounded heart. Mm-hmm, because she says she's gonna marry Roy anyway, um, and then she doesn't. She she calls off hey, her engagement. Jim, Karen's hotter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to recommend, Karen, and uh, and it's, it's sort of a shame. But yeah, he he yeah. definitely he definitely it's breaks up with funny. Karen when and is dating Pam by the next. Episode. Sitcom romances are made in writing rooms, not in real life, and a lot of times it becomes evident that like <laughs> Jim and Pam maybe shouldn't have been together. Sure, <laughs> like Ross and Rachel, great romance that never ever ever should have happened <laughs> sure there's, um, a, there's a there's a will they won't they and uh, the thing is the the couples that are remembered as will they won't they couples are sometimes really just got together and fry and leela <laughs> do get together yeah it doesn't take long though does it so d- is that okay did we sum it up are we ready think, to yeah, talk um so what the, do we so the <laughs> the episode ends with Dwight quitting and uh and as he walks out he gives jim a hug because in his lowest moment, even his worst enemy, Jim, he realizes they, they made a great sales team and he's truly friend. his brother. Yes, they love each other. So that's uh, that is Traveling Salesman. One of one of uh, one of the stronger episodes, I would say, of the early office seasons. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, Golden of, Age office episodes, you might say. A lot of politics going on. A lot of Machiavellian, mm-hmm. a lot of backstabbing. Um, I forgot how offices were. <laughs> back in the before, <laughs> oh, I don't even want to say the, the phrase everybody uses. I don't want it to catch on. We I used don't it want first. People to say the word times after the word before, <laughs> referring to years before 2020. Yeah. But I haven't worked in an office since then, so it seems like is that it's all nostalgic. It's it's kind of nostalgic now. Is that how <laughs> workplaces were when you used to go there? Maybe so. Um, is it, I mean, are, are, are workplaces just like, they seem like such a, a, and this relates to Futurama floating in space. Is, is, is work just a Sisyphusian task and is that hell? Like, mm-hmm. this is what I was thinking when I was driving across the country, like looking at a clock going 24 hours of driving to go, you know, oh. days ahead of me. And I'm thinking like. This is just wasted. Not only is it dangerous because there's trucks everywhere and I have yeah. to be alert and I, I can't like, I can't, I can't stop paying attention. Yeah. That's one of the hardest parts about driving is like, you can't 
lose focus. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't like, maybe I'll write my great American novel on this trip. You I couldn't think about a novel because I'm yeah. thinking about changing lanes and dodging pickup trucks with Trump flags and <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying God. not to look like a uh, too much of a liberal. It seemed like this sort of Sisyphus, you know, just rolling a boulder up a hill kind of thing, which is just like, you just have to do this forever, and it's not what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and this, it's like Bender floating alone in space. It's kind of like, well, it's not what you want to do, but you can't turn around in space. So you're just yeah. going to George Clooney from Gravity it yeah. from here on out. And that's similar to the way, yeah, companies are set up like... These are the tasks we do every day. These are the protocols. It's not like, and then when we, f when when we're done with all this stuff, we can be done. <laughs> it's right. Like, it's like this is this is what we do. This is how it works. Um, it's not like when when we're when we're finished shuffling all the paper, we'll be able to work on our fun <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Um, it's that uh, this is it. This is what you do. Mm -hmm. To stay alive. Yeah, I, it very it felt very much like um, having a job of driving to stay, which made me respect and fear the job of you know truck driver, because uh, mm -hmm. I've known I haven't known truck drivers, but parents of a lot of my friends when I was in grade mm -hmm. school were truck drivers because mm. lived in the middle of Illinois. One of mm -hmm. my grade school friends lost his dad to a. Uh, late at night truck crash on a oh. place unironically called dead man's curb before oh. before he even uh, succumbed to it uh it was called that because other people had oh. obviously before that yeah. anyway um yeah it's, work yeah. as hell i guess <laughs> sure yeah is that what we're getting out of this well no there's but there's um, something to that i'm like you know the, the image of bender shooting forward uncontrollably and, it's, and it's you driving <laughs> It's an existential West. panic, just floating endlessly uh, in space. It's like, mm -hmm. um, well, that part about Clooney in Gravity that I've referenced mm. scares the shit out of me. It's very much like, what was that movie where they got stranded in the middle of the ocean with the surf? The <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Open water. Mm -hmm. I never even watched that because it's just so, the concept is so terrifying to me. I can't, I can't even. I guess that there's an existential angst level of panic that. Um, oh, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not comfortable with. Yeah, that's just that's just an overriding. <laughs> I don't know. The human condition is just like, even if we, if I make my Barack opera and <laughs> release it, it's still all these human endeavors are just kind of like we're polishing the <laughs> yeah brass on the Titanic. Sure. No, I don't mean it's all going down. I just mean that it will all it, it will all be forgotten at some point and the you know what's funny about um the first few seasons of the office um sort of have that ethos right <laughs> they're sort of like um there's an episode called business school which is in this season it's a couple episodes before this um it's one we just watched <clears throat> where ryan brings michael as a visiting speaker to his business class and Michael is like in the next room and he's like, there he is. He's introducing me. I can't hear what he's saying. <laughs> Ryan is going, Dunder Mifflin can't compete with the bigger companies. People aren't using paper anymore. It's a paperless world. He's saying all these, all these things. And, and Michael comes out and it says 
several very idiotic things that are like about very basic business. I mean, Michael knows nothing about business. And so mm-hmm. he's just coming out and ranting and they're asking him questions about how he's going to compete. He has no idea. Um, and they never, they don't shy away from that for the first few seasons. They're like, these people are working at a paper. The reason it's a paper company is because it's like the most um, on the verge of just total, total obsolescence uh-huh. company. You know what I mean? This is right when we're all starting to use computers and it's, and it's during the run Kinda, of the office yeah. that the smartphone comes out. Um, I think when the original office came out, paper, mm-hmm was starting to go out but it, it just felt like the most basic thing it's the, yeah. just the most like boring possible mm-hmm. choice yeah of uh of sort of job i think that mm-hmm. was the original intention was this is the most mind-numbing work possible yeah. uh which comes aclo- yeah. across in this because everybody's just there's very little emphasis on selling and just a <laughs> lot of emphasis on making all these moves yeah the interpersonal intrigue yeah and by the end of the series a lot of people are very uh unenthusiastic about season nine and um the finale is definitely not beloved by all uh the finale is (laughs) far from being like a classic office episode it wraps everything up in this very sappy way they do a time jump to the yeah there's like a year time jump it's to the last one and they, they really fumbled it yeah and it's and it's and they really they have everyone say all these very saccharine things about how like you know even though it seemed like it was just a mundane office it's actually like where we found our family and like where we all like family's oh, yeah. friends and it's like God. it's like no it should have it really should have just been That's it really should what it's about yeah, yeah i don't know it, it, the tone of it really changes but you know the season the Simpsons uh, used to do that a lot, and, and, and they also still do the, this a lot, which is the uh, sappy ending episodes. Mm-hmm. And occasionally you can pull them off. Like Futurama's really good at mm. at the, the sappy endings, like Fry's Dog. Oh well, that's beyond a sappy. One ending. of the sad, like, <laughs> tra- one of the saddest existential angst Listen, episodes it's, it's, it's fry's dog and the donkey from crime and punishment <laughs> those are the two uh two things that you can make a 16 year old boy cry into his pillow um that's a deep cut what? from my high school english class sorry <laughs> uh did you ever read crime and punishment it's a, it's a donkey yes. dies in it it's very sad Dostoevsky. yeah somebody beats um, a donkey to death anyway. i don't remember you a donkey that. being beaten to death <laughs> but um sure yeah, uh, sappy endings. In that the donkey. Sentence. I miss. I still miss that donkey <laughs> to this day. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, so what are we? What do we learn? I guess what I'm saying is, um, hell is other people. No. <laughs> the office is. The office is a special kind of hell. Being at being at work in that kind of, in that kind of corporate, uh, structure. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what I've been ruminating about because I haven't gone back to an office and I've been doing freelance stuff and it's fine and i'm working on you know creative projects and that's nice but um i have really been thinking about the future of work and like what work looks like Mm -hmm. i've been thinking about this my whole life because um basically i've i've walked away from about three approximately six-figure jobs Mm -hmm. in my life 
because it's it's nice having that salary, but they they've always just really sucked. I have never found a high paying job that mm-hmm. didn't seem sold at me. So then I keep quitting them and picking mm-hmm. up low paying freelance work. Anyway, I think maybe that is the future, though. I think that maybe we're the world yeah. is going to go to a freelance model with with a little bit of um, democratic socialism sprinkled in as, with safety nets and, and things. There can really be a model of you just kind of work mm. for local businesses you like and other creative outlets that people yeah. are working on. Um, yeah, the the nine to five is maybe starting to maybe was already outmoded, but it's maybe starting to be kind of yeah, peeled maybe. back as like how outmoded it is. Maybe even we're even talking about the five day work week being out fashioned. And it might just be as much as like, even if you have an office job at a computer company, there's nothing wrong with that if you like it, but why not work for them 10 hours and another computer company for 15? Like, why do you need to work mm-hmm. 40 at one place? Uh, yeah, well, the, only the, you only because it's tied into health insurance, right? Yeah, because it's tied into the idea of loyalty. if you're a full time worker, then that means you're worth. And there's security <laughs> for and them dental. in loyalty to the idea of the company, but you could divide up these man hours between. Uh, we should call them something less gendered. <laughs> the, these these hu- these people hours. Well, man means man can mean human again these mankind hours maybe that's what we need to go back uh, to because you divide up that time amongst i don't know would would there be less virulent competition it'd probably be hard it'd it'd be hard for everyone to have yeah three ten hour i i I guess a lot of people would rather have one 40 hour a week job than four ten hour a week jobs for the stability maybe or you know but but to each their own yeah i mean definitely part of one of the pros of a job like delivery driving is that you are going to different places all the time like you're not going to one building and staying there for eight hours um the downside is that you're driving the whole time most of it Mm -hmm. right but like yeah, doing but there's doing a, like there's a, a novelty that's built into it that certain people hourly respond well to. There, there yeah. is that that model now, which which is kind of nice. It's kind of a private sector safety net, which is uh, what do you call it? The hourly uh, hourly app work, sure, whatever. Yeah. All these different Lyft driving and Postmates and um, Uber and whatever Task Rabbit and yeah, they're kind of like private safety nets, which, as a rabid socialist, I'm against. <laughs> no, I've, I actually, I think it's a, I'm not against when the private sector picks up the slack. That's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. The public sector should pick up some slack, too. Yeah, it's definitely appealing. There's, there's, there's definitely an argument to be made that, like, there are some people who can't work office jobs or wouldn't get office jobs who can... Do gig gig work it's a little more accessible sometimes. The gig economy, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the word I was trying to think of. Oh, I mean, are are certain types? I think what we'll find scientifically is that certain mm-hmm. types of human personalities don't do well at mm-hmm. at uh, jobs with cubicles and ties. And yeah, 
shit. I mean, maybe that's obvious. Maybe that should have been obvious to my parents before they <laughs> shoved me into a cubicle. <laughs> um, maybe it's obvious, but it hasn't always been accepted you know that like that that's okay i was supposed to be a gig worker this whole time dad (laughs) why did you know that in 1985 (laughs) 30 years before that term existed well anyways i don't think we've learned anything in (laughs) fact i think we're all dumber for having her listen to us (laughs) here today (laughs) probably true um that makes me want to go watch billy madison (laughs) I think I got dumber driving across the country, (laughs) looking at those mountains in Colorado and fantasizing driving right off the side of one. (laughs) But I quashed those fantasies. That's the important thing. What was the joke that I wrote? People get a little nervous when when you say the word suicide, Mm -hmm. but I can say it because I'm going to do it. (laughs) That's a very good disclaimer. I'm not actually going to commit suicide anytime soon. Now, maybe if World War Three happens and I'm dying from radiation poisoning and uh, there's zombie vultures are surrounding my shredded, barely useful remains. Maybe then I might commit suicide, and you should not judge me for that. <laughs> That's a sci-fi suicide, and does not count. Okay. That's always okay to do on screen. I'm not gonna sci-fi. I, I might sci-fi suicide, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but don't, you know, if you're thinking about sci-fi suiciding, <laughs> just um, invent a sci-fi <laughs> socialist future. Mm-hmm. Cute. Invent a sci-fi future Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. All his right. His little scarf and his little mittens. <laughs> God, what if he was the president? That would have been... <sighs> I'm sure they would be attacking him mercilessly, but he's so good at deflecting. <laughs> <laughs> he's so much better at Biden than deflecting. He'd just be like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> and everybody'd be like, oh. That's very true. Oof. Bernie must swing some huge pipe. <laughs> we've talked about how, like, it might be a little uh-huh. transphobic or just um, penis judgmental to mm-hmm. to equate actual big dick energy to having a physical big dick. large phallus. But still, Bernie's probably <laughs> he's probably dragging some tripod. <laughs> yeah, you can just tell. It's just it's you know. Um if you've ever been in a steam room with Bernie Sanders, we want to hear from you. <laughs> um please and uh not Lindsey Graham. We've got enough of those. <laughs> we've heard from hundreds of you. Stop, Lindsey Graham, stop calling us. <laughs> We're not telling your story about being in a steam room with Bernie Sanders. Okay, this has been BDFM. We have not solved anything. You can find us at uh, BDFM Pod. And listen, quit Twitter. So um, follow us on Instagram, BDFM Pod. <laughs> we, when, we, when we switch over. When we have, uh, we, shortly. Uh, go to um, garages.tv, which is G-R-A-G-E.tv slash bdfm to uh, find the podcast there you can find us on all uh not all the stuff we're on itunes yeah i mean we are we're gonna try to get 1-800 bdfm pod it's the right number of letters but numbers i mean it's the right number of numbers 800 number uh but uh, just place the podcast i wouldn't call it now just place the podcast on a loop that's the stream it's a streaming (laughs) Um, yeah or some kind of dial a song type of uh, ripoff (laughs) 
we could do that. God, that's the, you can you can buy it with an eight hundred number online easily, and then you can pipe in whatever you want to it. So, a loop of our podcast. That's amazing. Would be very doable and stupid, and it will be available <laughs> soon. <clears throat> Space yes. Captain Pinballs the game on iTunes and, or on, on iOS and Android. Uh, Garage TV is the app you can watch our uh, Patreon. You can watch our stuff on Patreon or Garage TV app uh, by subscribing at either place or either place. Mm-hmm. Either or either. That's either or. That's either my fault. Fo- I'm writing a. Um, a follow-up album to Elliot <laughs> Smith's Either Or. It's called Either Or, Either, <laughs> or Neither, Neither. Neither Nor. Neither Nor Neither. Bye. All right. <laughs> Thank you. This has been BDFM. I'm D. And I'm B. Still. And FM stands for Free. Fart Maniac. <laughs> BDFM. <laughs>